All right, welcome to General Order One podcast, where we are discussing the Paramount Plus, well, I guess the Star Trek show, Strange New Worlds. We are doing a uh, season one wrap-up today. We are doing a rare in-person podcast instead of recording over the internet it's weird like actually seeing real I people have to see your faces yeah it's unfortunate yeah yeah i, I don't know if i would prefer this format <laughs> we should all just put paper bags over our heads <laughs> i mean or just you two i mean i don't i don't need to do that but <laughs> all right so we've talked about uh, we've done an episode on all of the individual uh, episodes of the season, but we're going to do a quick roundup of the season as a whole, maybe some brief discussion on season two or ideas for season two. Uh, I came up with a brief list of questions. Did you guys do your homework? Or are you going to wing it? Uh, oh, I'm fully prepared. Okay. I have like half of the answers. I like have some notes, but some of them I'm not sure about. We'll do see. You, I mean, do you know what the questions are? I brought them. Yeah, I wrote them. So. I mean, can you can you say them? So just so I want to know if you know what they are. The first question is the most underrated and underused character. Ex- yeah, and or right. underused character. Exactly. You got it. Good job. Okay. Do you have an answer? No. <laughs> so much for all that preparation. <laughs> uh, uh, so I wrote, I actually wrote three answers for all the questions because I, I figure that way if we duplicate, I'll just change my answer on the fly. So. You want to go first, Ben? Sure. Okay, so it's the most underrated... Most underrated or underused character. Uh, um, I think I'm going to go with Una, number one. Okay. I mean, yes, we got the whole she's genetically modified thing, but frankly, other than that, like Chekhov's gun waiting to go off, she didn't have a whole lot to do. She wasn't in command. You know, it's not like she was running the away teams and Pike was staying on the ship. She was in charge of the ship a couple times, but every time she was, we were away with Pike somewhere. She just kind of was there. I mean, she had that one episode where her and Laon were going around the ship doing the, you know, the Enterprise. Bingo. Yeah. yeah, Enterprise scavenger hunt or whatever it was. But yeah, other than that, she just is kind of there. Like, I really expected to see more from her. Um, you know, if you think about a first officer on other shows, they get quite a bit of action. I mean, in some cases, a lot more than the captain does. And she didn't really. She was really, that's a good point. She was kind of a, I want to say vanilla character. Yeah. She didn't, they didn't really flesh out her personality a whole lot other than the fact that she was augmented. Yeah. She had that one kind of moment, but other than that, she's mostly there for someone for, you know, she's there so they don't have to do exposition with Pike doing captain's logs. He has someone to talk to, but Okay. It's mostly just she's there. She bookends the show. She's kind of there at the beginning and the end for Pike to talk to someone and say what he's thinking. But that's basically all she's there for. And it's unfortunate. Okay. Well, I thought she was kind of my my least favorite character, actually. And is that what you're saying? You liked her and you wanted to see more of her? Yeah. I mean, I thought they could have done a lot of cool stuff with that character. And they just didn't give her anything to do. So, yeah. I mean, I think she is my least favorite character, too. But it's no fault of the character. It's just. Yeah, they didn't. The give, they didn't have her do anything. Yeah, she's like I said, she's kind of vanilla. They didn't yeah. give her a lot of chance. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering how much of that will factor into season two because she's essentially what in jail now yeah, or whatever. She's are, in Starfleet jail, whatever that looks like. Are they going to go on some rescue mission and break her out? Like, there's no way they're going to no. leave. You know, she's not going to be in. Yeah. You know, eighty percent of the episodes. So. Yeah. So yeah, I really hope they do more and fl- flesh out that character and give give her more to do next season. Okay. So I could see that. Jason, what about you? 
Well, I think we all agree that Hemmer is the best character on the show, and he was killed off untimely, right? Right. You can go into that. I mean, that's a given. I guess if I had to come up with like a a more interesting answer, I would say Chapel, because I actually just watched the episode one again because it had been a while. And like she's introduced saying that she's like specializes in like DNA augmentation and like disguises and stuff. And they use her. Oh, right. As, from the pilot when she. Yeah. yeah right. And then it's and, never mentioned again. And never mentioned ever again. I think that's a cool concept to be like the disguise master or something like that. But it's not really borne out later. So that's my answer. I was thinking about that because I almost put Umbenga. I mean, he got one episode, you know, the Elysian Kingdom with his daughter. But other than that, he's really vanilla. Yeah. Or he was really underused. I, I thought he, he had a great arc throughout the whole series. Like, you saw moments of him and his daughter. And then he had a really good payoff. Okay, I, I guess, I, yeah. I think you're he, wrong. He had small piece. Well, anyway, what I was going, what I was going for was, I think it's interesting. It's almost like Chapel gets more screen time than Mbenga does. She, well, right? she definitely does. She's, There's no she, question she's on camera more than him. She's a more compelling mm. character. Like, she's flirting with Spock, and she's got some skills, and she's easy on the eyes, right? You know, I would, so, if, as, as I mean, what is she? She's an assistant medical she's officer? Nur- no, she's, a, she's the nurse, yeah. but they don't, yeah, I mean, that's... I think she'd probably have a different title if they weren't having her play an established character that was known as Nurse Chapel. Yeah, oh, right, sure. If it wasn't that, they'd she'd probably yeah be like you know deputy medical officer or something like that. Because yeah, having her be a nurse doesn't make sense when she's got the level of knowledge and skill that she does. So well, I mean the fact that she is a nurse and they have I'm not trying to disparage nurses here, but like right. yeah, they they like she's an expert on these alien augmentation stuff. Like sounds like she went to med school. Is yeah. all I'm saying. It's just interesting that she's essentially, you know, Obanga's assistant, and she gets more screen time and is a more compelling character than the Doctor. Yeah. Like, are there any other starts? I mean, like, Crusher doesn't have an assistant. Like, She I'm does. Tra- um, does she? Oh, God, what's her name? Clearly made a big impact. Yeah, I can't remember Wesley. the actress's name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, Wesley's just everyone's assistant. Yeah, he's, right. He's, he can do it all. Uh, I can't remember her name, but she, she, has, a, she has a nurse. Okay. I mean, it makes sense that they bay. would. It's just, like, yeah. I mean, in the other series, that that second in command of the, yeah. the of sick bay is not a particularly prominent character no. usually. Um, yeah, Mbenga was really under. I mean, there's several characters I feel were kind of underutilized. Where they Mbenga had a kind of complete arc, but it ended really quickly. I think yeah. a lot of this is the just kind of a, a casualty of having a ten episode season. For sure, they didn't have enough time. For this, there's a lot of characters on this show. Yeah, for ten episodes to have them all have, they just there's not enough time. Frankly. I mean, even if they gave every character one episode, you'd get one episode right. with each character because right. there's at least ten main characters. Yeah, you'd so do. having that short a season with that many characters, I think, did make the narrative suffer a little bit. Okay, I, uh, I mean, I, I put him, I put Hammer as my number one. I figured everybody would say that. that's why I had additional number two. Hammer, I got a different one, so. Okay. Do, your, do your Hemmer thing, but I, I, I was gonna. I mean, I think Hemmer is a fantastic character. He, he being curmudgeonly like is such a weird characteristic to have on a show, but like somehow it made him likable. I don't know why. Like everyone, everyone seemed to gravitate towards Hemmer, even though he's just kind of a jerk to everybody. I don't know what it is about that character, but he was great. And then as we were going back through the episode, and we were counting how many episodes he actually got. I think we came up with like four or five. Like he was, I felt to me like he was tragically underused. He's not in several. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely would not put him as the best character because I, I just didn't do a lot with him until the very end. 
And when he did show up in the first half of the season, I didn't like him because, yeah, he's just a curmudgeon and he didn't do anything. Yeah. Like, he's this amazing engineer we keep being told, but we never see him do anything. He he was definitely didn't I would he didn't live up to the mantle of chief engineer like some of the uh, like the right, O'Briens right. and the Blana Torreses and the right so and I, I again I I don't blame the character I think you know the the actor yeah. did great the character's interesting they could have done a lot more with it they just didn't have time really so right uh, you know Hammer had a really amazing end to his arc but there's basically no beginning or end other than just like right. he's this grumpy guy oh well he's actually got some depth to him and now he's and dead now he's, yeah right just when like they start to flesh it out like and he's dead um yeah, that's that, a bummer i mean he's he's the curmudgeon it guy i deeply identify with that character that's a good you know? point he totally is like did you turn it off and reboot it before yeah. you called me yeah. right <laughs> don't bother me i'm trying to fix it type thing I, yeah i as an as someone who worked in tech support <laughs> I, I identify, identify with him so yeah it's a bummer he got killed Hemmer seems like the obvious one, but my second was I put Ortegas because I think she's a really interesting character. Like she's got some chops on the bridge. Like I mean, uh, she has what the or- the Ortegas maneuver. I think that Pike says a couple times. Yeah, she's got some skill. Like they flesh as far as like a pilot goes. They fleshed her out a little bit. Like they gave her just enough, but she's really kind of only there just to like hit the buttons when Pike says you know do it. I th- her. I feel like she was there mostly just to take the piss on the other characters. Oh, really? They kept using her as a vehicle to call out other characters on stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, she kept kind of needling people about various things they were dealing with and making them confront issues. So mm-hmm. she was, you know, kept, you know, getting Uhura riled up. And she did the same thing with Spock at one point, And she's just kind of the, you know, hey, you know, you... <laughs> you think you got this under control, but we can all tell you're you're spiraling here. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, she's like a good pilot, like the kind of skilled pilot that can get out of certain situations. And you had that moment where she's like feeling the ship and she's driving it manually to get through that one. Yeah, and she was excited about it. It yeah. felt a little sexual, yeah. So <laughs> She wow. was like, this. I'm really into this yeah. ship. All right, well, how yeah, about anyway. this? I, I didn't write this one down, so you may not be pre- Who's the most overused character? Who's well, the character? So let me oh, go. Oh, you got another? Right, yeah, go. so, so, yeah, my, my, I thought the character that was the most underused was, was uh, Una. Okay. Uh, but the, I thought the, the best character this season was Spock. Yeah. Um, he had a lot to do. He was interesting. The actor has Spock nailed. He did a great job of being Spock and not being Leonard Nimoy, right. if that makes sense. For sure. And he had some really interesting arcs with his struggle between being a Vulcan and being a human. Uh, he's present in every episode. <laughs> that helps <laughs> a lot. Um, other than Pike, I would say he has the most screen time of anybody. Um, I thought they just did a great job with Spock. Um, I, I wasn't wild about the idea of having Spock on another Star Trek show because you know we've we've been we've seen that like Pike at least is a character we know about but we haven't seen a lot of but we've seen mm-hmm. plenty of Spock like we've seen Spock in basically every Star Trek property that that exists right so I just was like really do we really need Spock for this but he did great and I really thought he brought a lot to the table so see that's funny because I was gonna say I mean, he would be the character I think was the most overused or almost overrated you're right he does a great job and it's no fault of the character or the actor like 
But yeah, there are a couple episodes where I'm like, oh my gosh, we've seen Spock. Like, we've been doing this. Like, give me more Hammer. Give me more takes. Yeah. Like, why is Spock getting so much screen time? And again, it's nothing against him. I was, there was just a couple times where I'm like, all right, we've been down this road. Like, let's, you know, let's shine the light on some other people. So he would probably be my vote just because he got so much screen time and some of the other characters didn't. I could see yeah. that. I, I wasn't sold on him initially, but he grew on me. Like, he, he was a good Spock towards, like, because he had a lot of screen time and you got to know him and his relationship with T'Pring and, and the, the weird culture issues that he's having. And all, yeah, so I, he grew on me, but he, he didn't sell me initially, but yeah, he was a little, I guess he was a little overexposed, I think. Right. I agree with that. I mean, I guess, you know, that's probably part of the appeal of the show, right? I mean, yeah. this is a throwback show, so they got to throw out the fan favorites. You got to yeah. bring back the Kirks and the yeah. Spocks just to get, you know, eyeballs so they can put it on the internet and say, you know, get people to tune in. I, I get it, but I'm hoping that maybe in the next season they give some of the, the lesser characters, you know, where's our Transporter Kyle episode, right? Yeah. Come on, yeah. you know? I mean, we've seen enough Spock. Where's I, I have an interesting answer for the most overused character. All right. Kirk. James, oh, just, T, James T. Kirk was the most overused character. Really? He was in one He was episode. in one episode, and I think he's the most overused character. Okay. Uh, I think it would might have been interesting to have a cameo appearance, have him show up on the view screen for a scene. Right. But having a whole episode featuring him, I think, was a mistake. It, yeah. And uh, every other character, I feel like, was underused. Again, with ten episodes, I don't think they had a chance to do everything with those characters that they could have. So... The only character I wanted to see less of was James T. Kirk. You know that one, there's that one episode where Spock is talking to Scotty in engineering, and they never mention his name. You just kind of that's yeah. like an homage, right? Yeah. If they had done something like that with exactly. Kirk, like where he calls his brother and you see him for four right. seconds, perfect. That would have been cool. But yeah. yeah, for the same reason that we see two, saw Spock so much, like dude. Okay, we get it. You had your whole own series. Like, yeah. I don't need more Kirk. Right. I don't need more Spock. Like, give me these right. other characters. Let these characters yeah. breathe. I didn't get enough time with, the, with these characters, and you're wasting a bunch of screen time on Kirk. I can go fire yeah. up the original series anytime I want. Like, right. we're good. Hopefully, that's a that's a season one itis kind of thing where they got. Really hope so. Where got they the got to get the, the like fan from favorites interviews in. and stuff. I I think Kirk is going to be in it more. It sounds like I, he I, is, which I'm not. I'm not happy about. But I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I'll we'll watch see, it. We'll see, see what happens. We'll see. But. You know, I want to see more Pike. I want to see more Aurora. Right. I want to see more Una. Yeah. Even more number one. Well, but there's three people that I think are going to be gone. Una is arrested. Maybe they'll come back to her, but it seems like she's... She's too big of a character arrested. for them just to... Arrest. We'll see. In the, in the first episode, they'll work that out. Or, or like maybe half of the season could be them hatching a plot yeah. to get her out, and then the the last half of the season is just yeah. their extended mission to do whatever. So. My guess is that cliffhanger is going to get resolved pretty quick. Okay. Hmm. You, you don't think they'll have, like, a new number one for a while? Or maybe. They'll probably have somebody fill in, maybe. I yeah, We'll see. Well, La'on is gone because she's searching for the girl's family right. at yeah. the end. And then Hemmer's gone. So they're kind of oh, fre- refreshing point. some cast members, I think. Yeah, they are down three whole, huh? So I think we'll maybe see some new people, uh, you know. Yeah, they've cast several, they've cast three new people for the next season. So have they? Have they yeah. Has it been announced? Yeah. Oh, interesting. And I don't. They've not announced who these people are playing, but they've announced these three actors have been hired for season two. So, hmm. um, and do, you, do we know has season two started shooting yet? I imagine it has. Oh, didn't we look it yeah. up at the end? Of, it's going to air this year, yeah. right? So they must. They, they must, must be, be shooting. I'm it. sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I saw an interview with Anson Mount, and he talked about season two. 
he he said that they kind of go crazy in season two. I think season one was like sort of like setting the tone and then doing sort of these typical Star Trek stories to kind of like speed speed run through getting to know the characters. And I think they're hopefully they're going to be doing some more crazy off the wall stuff in season two. So I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, as long as they keep the tone. I mean, I I really like, I think that we all do. I really like this season. And as long as they keep the, um, you know, the utopian aspect instead of the dystopian that was Star Trek Discovery. You know, there's yeah. enough there's enough doom and gloom out there in the real world that I don't need to tune into uh, Star Trek to see, you know, my favorite characters getting kicked around. So, yeah, we'll we, see. We want the classic feel-good Star Trek here. Yeah, right? I mean, that's why I sit down and watch, you know, to, yeah. to little escapism, not <laughs> doom and gloom. So Yeah, everything that takes place in the future is always kind of dystopian right. or dark or apocalyptic. And, like, Star Trek is, like, the one utopian vision of the future and that's kind of what makes it special i think yeah i mean that's why i've always liked it is because you know that the conflicts aren't incredibly dire right you know you there's there's moral conflicts less than there is like you know gigantic civil wars or battles or doom and gloom all the time and frankly it's it's just the easiest writing in the world to take that and go like, well, let's just make it gritty. Yeah, right. So, which is what they did with the Discovery, right? Yeah. I mean, that was the whole stick. Yeah, and and DS Nine did that to a point, but I feel like they did a pretty good job of keeping walking that tightrope of right. Okay, not everything in the future is rosy and great, but Starfleet still aspires to that, and we're we're gonna attempt to do that. Like, you know, the the really big drama points in that show were when. In particular, when Cisco would kind of break the rules mm. or do something that was less than honorable or that was a little bit ruthless, but it was always made out that this was a really big deal that he's done this, and he's he's racked by guilt from a lot of the actions he took, and it's not something he just does lightly and then oh well you know we move on. It was he's really kind of traded away part of his soul to win this war doing this stuff hmm. so they, they they didn't make it easy to just go oh well the world sucks and everything's grim and that's how we're gonna do it now well like one of the main set pieces is quark's bar right and it's right. just full of drinking and gambling i mean it's essentially a brothel i mean it's that would be the With seedy the, side right. of star trek but even it's that the cleanest it's most the, sterile right. thing ever for what it's supposed to be so like, even considering what it is like it is still like you said yeah it's a, i don't want to say above board but it's it's not dark and gritty and right they yeah. let a little bit of yeah. grime just on, enough just there's enough. like a black market thing going on yeah there. he's yeah. a smuggler he's yeah. right yeah. right right they let a little bit of like re reality seep into the starfleet utopia but they kept the core basically intact so i know it's a little bit cliche but uh what was your favorite episode uh i'm gonna forget the title the one about where Grace, I can't remember the. Uh, I'll have to look it up. The one with the the planet where they they were sacrificing the child, the golden to, child. Yeah. Oh, something about suffering. Yeah, like take us where suffering cannot reach, or something like that. Yeah, yeah for mm -hmm. sure. I think we talked about that, you know, while it was going on, or even towards the later episode. I think yeah, you and, had said and, that and already. It's, and it's not even close for me. That really, being the best episode. Yeah, uh, lift us where suffering cannot reach. 
that is that is my favorite episode, no question. It, there's there's nothing else even in the running. Wow. I mean, you're not wrong. I'm just surprised that it's like it's cut that cut and dry. It's the best that I, like, as you know, I ran, ran uh, went on about this forever. When we, we don't have to rehash episode, the whole thing. Yeah, Brad, I just it, yeah. I, I think that Star Trek's at its best yep. when it's just a morality play. Right. And that was a really good one. There's no easy answers there. Uh, we're not, you know, did, do, are they doing the right thing? Are they not? Is, is it okay to sacrifice this it's child like to save an entire planet? Like there's no right or wrong answer. I mean, mm. Pike clearly feels that he knows what the answer is, but is he right? I don't know. Right. Like, that was a great, great episode of television, not just Star Trek. Like that was a fantastic episode of television. That's science fiction at its best. It makes us think mm. and there's multiple ways to think about it. There's no right or wrong answer. It's great. Everything else was, you know, it's action-y, there's stuff going on. There were several other episodes that were really good, but that's my favorite, no question. What about you, Jason? By far, mine is Spock Amok, which um, is the body switch episode mm-hmm. <laughs> with him and T'Pring. I thought that was great. It's like a shore leave episode, kind of chill, like comedic, no big action craziness. Mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't have, like like you say, the. I do love when there's like a weird moral question or, or philosophical discussion happening I, I didn't i don't know if there was any episodes that really did that for me i think the lift up sub the suffer one was 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 good but it was, felt a little contrived like okay we can just like torture this one little boy and then we'll have like a utopian society and like that's that's like no you're right too clean they're, they're boiling a, some really tricky questions down into one right. question and yeah, yeah it, it is you know it's a thought exercise and it it's not necessarily a realistic scenario for sure but that's like yeah that's a good classic like sci hard sci-fi concept spock um, amok's probably my sec probably my number two hmm, yeah i would say I, was, I really liked that one a lot i was worried when it came up and we had to watch it and i was like oh this is the body switch episode you know because like <laughs> on paper of, it doesn't work yeah it's kind of an yeah. overused hollywood yeah. trope like oh we're gonna you know like freaky friday i mean how many times has that been done yeah a million times but and it's yeah, usually did, not very good they did they did do that one pretty well and the 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 plot with the aliens that were like dealt with empathy. The theme was empathy, yeah. and like yeah, and that's how you kind of win them over is like really trying to understand and, the other person's th- point of view. See, yeah, thinking how the other person thinks, and yeah, everything tied in so beautifully with that episode because yeah, Spock and T'Pring who don't really understand one another, mm-hmm. and then they they are literally walking in each other's shoes and come to realize okay. You know, I've got my own things I'm dealing with, but this person has all this this whole other crisis kind of happening that I didn't even know was going on. And it's so funny, it's so funny to to do a body switch episode with with two personalities that have like no different. They're yes. like both robotic, <laughs> right? Deadpan like tones. You can't really tell by mannerisms, but you could tell like their decisions and the way they're thinking and stuff. So it was really clever. good writing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that could have been so cliche, and yeah. it could have gone so poorly, like, oh, okay, this has been done a million times, but somehow they made it work, so that's yeah. good. Yeah. All right, well, uh, I've got yeah. a hot take here. I'm going to say uh, I think my favorite episode was the Elysian Kingdom episode, which is the lowest-rated episode oh, out there. Okay. You know, that was the... The, the ghosts? No, the, that's the one with Mbenga and the storybook and everybody oh, going yeah, through. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was... I actually like that one quite a bit. Yeah. That, that might be my third favorite of the season, actually. So, I mean, yeah, I think we're, we're all fairly in agreement on which the best episodes were. When that one was coming up and I was looking at all the ratings, it's clearly the, the lowest rate 
rated of all the episodes. Oh. And but I really like that episode just because that's a super character driven episode. It is. And all of the characters were not themselves. Like right. Pike was just over the top crazy. They're and, getting to chew the scenery. Yeah. It's it's, it's cheesy. Oh, okay, fine. It's still fun. That, like, that's right. That's why I liked it. And because they got to, you know, I, I wanted to see more of all of these characters. And that was a great episode to see more of the characters go even beyond what they were given. It was like, what would this character do if you ratcheted the their personality up to, to 11? Around. It was really the actors that got to play and like do different Right. Well, and they're all playing very and... against type. They're, they're yeah. playing yes. kind of the opposite of what their regular right. character is, so they're getting to have some fun with it. Yeah, it was great. Is that is that the best science fiction episode? No. no, absolutely not. But I think just as far as the characters go and just having fun with the universe and, you know, the actors playing different characters inside of, you know, it's a play inside of a play kind of thing. I just thought it was really fun. I mean, it didn't advance the story a whole lot. I mean, I guess it did, you know, give Mbenga's daughter a little bit of closure, which I think we already talked about. I kind of wish they hadn't yeah. done that. That's the but, only hit I have against yeah. it is that it wrapped up that storyline way too neatly and quickly. Yeah. I, that's the, that's, I actually cried during that part because I had like a fever. I had like 103 fever at the time and I yeah. was kind of like, it was a weird, trippy episode, yeah. and and you know I have a daughter, and so like yep. at the end, I w- that I ex- yeah I'm, I'm man enough to admit that I was weirdly crying there. Do you? It get, was weird though. Do you get emotional when you're sick? I don't know if I do. Just that time. typically. The only but, reason I ask is because I know exactly what you're talking about. I was watching Dune, like the the old miniseries on TV, huh. a long time ago when I was sick. And like, yeah, essentially, yeah, Paul Atreides, his dad gets killed and yeah. he has to take over and like, and I have sons. And I was like, yeah, I was like totally crying. I was like, <laughs> like I was sitting there even while I was watching it. I was like, what am I doing? Like, this doesn't make any sense. And then I realized like, I'm sick. I'm probably worn down. Like this hits a little too close to home. Like in any normal day, it would never happen. I just remember thinking, oh, this is, this is really good writing. You know? And then I went, oh, okay. Maybe, maybe it's just me, not the, not the story, but all right. I, I've only cried uh, one day in my life, and that was the day Johnny Cash died. <laughs> other than that, I've wow. never. Other than that, I've never cried. Okay, once. good for you. What a Chad. <laughs> the the only other thing I would say, and again, I wrote down multiple answers for all these. I really liked the pilot because I thought it was a really interesting take mm-hmm. on um, you know first contact, and um, you know I mean, it's where we get the term General Order One because they don't have. They don't have the, the, prime, prime, directive they don't have the yet. prime directive yet. So I thought that was an interesting take on just how to interact with an, a new civilization, you know, and they kind of flipped it on its head because yeah. he had to interact with them and he didn't have a choice. So and you got to see like an inspiring like speech right out the gate with Pike. And that's you the know, first episode. I mean, it's a yeah. great introduction. You're like, whoa, right? This character has got some gravitas to it. So yeah, anyway. the, the only the only hit I have on that episode was that. It starts with Pike in, you know, basically having a crisis of confidence mm-hmm. and PTSD yeah. and having flashbacks and just not in a good place. And he's 100% Pike ready to take on the galaxy yeah. really fast. It, right. He bounces back really quick. I, I don't, yeah. I, I felt like they, they either needed to have that transition take longer or not have him be as down in the depths as he was to start with. I, I don't know. I loved how I rewatched that recently and I really loved the, the, what, what they're trying to like, what Spock gives him like a pep talk and tells him to just, you know, play captain and he, he knows he has to fill that role. And so he's kind of discovering that 
you know, no matter how he feels inside, he needs to be that for everyone else. And yeah. so it's more of like fake it till you make it, I think, less than he's he's fully confident and fully over that trauma. It's more. Uh, well, I just wanted to see more signs mm-hmm. that he was faking it still for a while. Oh, like, right. Well, you see like in later later episodes, you see him with those visions and you see him like kind of. Yeah, having issues. He went from but. being on his ranch in Montana and not, never wanting to leave the house mm-hmm. or his pajamas yeah. to giving an inspiring speech to that new race in three days or yeah. whatever. Well, it, was, yeah. it was, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think that's a really good point, though. You're talking about like faking it till you make it. Like, I've only been a leader a couple times in my life, but it seems like, especially if you're a Starfleet captain, I got to imagine like 80% of your job is just faking it. And totally, trying you're to there conv- to inspire confidence, whether you feel it or not. Right, well, like the like uh, Memento Mori when he he tells them to go deeper and to like yeah trap the the more the board uh, the, the the Gorn Gorn yeah, yeah. and and uh, he you know he plays it cool like uh, yeah. he knew that they were going to survive the other ship um, implodes but. You can tell he had no idea what he was doing. He's just trying to play it cool there. I, I don't know. We're yeah, we're, so. we're watching Voyager right now, and that's so <clears throat> that that's like the that's the textbook definition of faking it till you make it. Right? Janeway's stuck in the middle of the Delta Quadrant. She's got zero, you know, guarantee that she's ever going to make it home or survive. And yeah, there's a lot of episodes where she has a crisis of like, oh my gosh, like, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to, more importantly, how am I going to convince my people that they need to get off their butts and do their job or we're all dead? So that's, that's when it sort of sunk or it hit home to me. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Like a good portion of your job as captain is just being cheerleaders, getting the other people inspired to do their jobs. Yeah. You know, I mean, the captain's job, Mm. you know, you get on the view screen, you do a little diplomacy, but I mean, all the hard work is done in engineering and piloting and weapons, right? So, and it was, and in the pilot, it was a really cool, like, scenery, like this rural mountain landscape. And he's like on horseback riding through the snow, right? And and you have the ship coming in. Um, That was pretty epic. It kind of reminded me of like Metal Gear Solid of, um, he he's like retired and he's living in Alaska and the yeah. you know the ops come in and like say you got to go on one more mission type of thing. We just need you one more time. out of retirement. You know he wasn't in retirement, but yeah. yeah. That episode during that episode where the pirates uh, stormed the Enterprise, he was going on hiding in the cardboard box. Yes, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, next question: uh, What was what's the best unresolved plot line, or what are you looking forward to uh, learning more about in season two? Let's go first. Uh, I would say that Pike's, you know, where Pike's future is taking him, I hope they do some more with that and play around with that a bit. It's one thing just to know, hey, he's going to, you know, in 10 years, he's going to save these folks and including Spock and he's going to end up in this bio bed. Uh, But I hope they play around with some of the ramifications of what knowing your future is going to do to you. Um for example, I, I really hope that we see at some point that he grows overconfident because, okay, well, the bad news is I'm going to die in 10 years, but the good news is I know that I cannot die right. in the next 10 years. I can do anything. Right. I can take any risk. I can send the Enterprise up against this massive battle cruiser because I know I'm not going to die. Well, you're not going to die, right. but maybe 100 members of your crew do because you made a bad decision because you're overconfident. So I put down that exact same thing. I put Pike's impending death, I think, is the mo- is an interesting unresolved plot point. But it's also one that I care about very little. 
Like, yeah. the fact that he's going to die in 10 years, like, okay. The I, show's going to be over by then. I don't really care. I want Again, I want to see more Pike going on adventures. I don't want every episode to be like him checking his calendar and going, okay, I got 700 more days. I better make right. it worth it. Like, no, I want to, like you said, I want to see them work that into the plot a little bit, but not make it an overarching, you know, impending sense of doom and everything revolves around it. Yeah. I wish I could answer that question with uh, Mbenga's daughter and, and what's going to yep. happen with her. I, I feel like they should have kept that going. I'm hoping they can somehow work her back in. Like, I mean, they might be able to as she can be like kind of a benevolent Q kind of thing or yeah. something. But, I mean, she's she's one with the nebula now. It was it, Like you said, it was a great plot element, a theme, and then it just didn't go anywhere. So I'm hoping maybe they can make something happen with it. I'm glad they resolved it. I I was like, I thought that was so weirdly cruel and and I mean I understand his decision to like keep his daughter yeah. in in the transport buffer and like only take her out for a little bit to read with her. But that was I mean that's pretty dark for me. And it's like you can't keep doing that. You know that has to go somewhere quickly. I thought, but. I guess that's a good point. Like, if they did just keep her in the pattern buffer for three years, yeah, at some point it almost just becomes, I don't want to say torture, but it's cure, just, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's just kind of brutal. Like, it's sure. brought up all the time. Like, huh. Okay. Yeah. All right. I had a different answer for that one. I thought, I want to see more of Spock's brother, Cybok. I I'm put excited. that too. All oh, right. you did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. You want to see people sharing their pain? <laughs> Yes, I'm excited to see what because they. I think they've done a good job of like taking cheesy old, especially like Pike himself, cheesy old characters from the original series, and then like turning them into good characters. So I'm a curious. I'm very curious to see like an emotional, emotional ver- Spock or, or or like a foil to Spock's like strive strife for logic and stuff like that. So. That was exactly what I was going to say, too, because, yeah, he does not have a good pedigree for being a good character in that universe. But clearly they've fleshed out a lot of other characters in this. I mean, they've done, you know, amazing things with Pike. So I'm interesting. I'm interested to see what they do with him um, just because I think they could do a good job. Well, I mean, you really can't do worse than what he he's only he can only go up. Right. So we'll see. I'm hoping I'm hoping that is uh, I'm wondering if they're just going to ignore him from here on out and just never. I mean, it just it was a little Easter egg for the people who managed oh, to make so? it through Star Trek Five, and that's because I mean, what are they going to do? Like, I mean, I guess you don't have to worry too much about upsetting people by messing with Star Trek Five <laughs> as canon, right. but they're not Cybok supposed to have not had anything to do with Spock for a long time when Star Trek Five happens. So it seems like that one episode ended with the Cybok reveal, and it you know like and then the impending music played. So it seemed right. like they wanted they're setting it their, up. Yeah. right. In any other show, I'd be like, okay, he's going to be the big bad next season or something. Yeah, but right. we'll see. I don't know. Okay, I'm interested to see what they do with that character because I mean, there's a lot of places you could go. So. Yeah. Well, you guys took both of my answers, so I'll go with my third. Uh, I'm interested to see more about the Gorn, just because we don't know anything really about them. Um, I mean, if you look at where they came from in the original series, when it was you know a really cheesy guy in a rubber suit, and clearly they've reinvented that whole race, that whole character, and and fleshed it out more and made it rather you know imposing. Uh, I'm interested to see if they're able to, you know, take that to new levels. Are they going to be the new Borg? Are we going to have to develop new technology to deal with them? Does Laon have a mental breakdown every time that, you know, a Gorn ship shows up on yeah. the screen? Well, someone just needs to come up with the double-fisted punch. 
lunch and they're they're done they're good. Well, like that's it. That's the, that's not for what you ten years in the yeah, future. Yeah, ten until years Kurt from now they'll get the, the, the two fisted punch technology and we'll be ready to go. <laughs> um, so that's that's what I so that would be my answer would be the Gorn. So or what I saw floating around Reddit was as shortly after Strange New Worlds ended or season one ended was several people were talking about how they considered this the best season one of any Star Trek show. So I'm curious. I mean, what did we say? This is the 11th star. I mean, of all the Star Treks, I mean, season one, any television show, you know, in Hollywood has usually has a pedigree of not being the strongest season because you're fleshing out the characters, you're fleshing out the story, you know, you're getting your writers up to speed. You know, Next Generation had a notoriously, um, I don't know what the word is. Yeah, weak. It's, I mean, awkward. Forget weak. It's just bad. I mean, when I rewatched it, I was like, I might just skip the, I mean, they're bad. It's, it's very much the a, Q stuff was, was kind of interesting. Encounter at Farpoint is one of my favorite episodes of all time. The pilot is great. Yeah. Mm. The, other than that, it, it's, frankly, most of it's just garbage. It's terrible. I mean, I and, it, it, and that's, you know, that's pretty common because you, you got actors and writers and everybody, you know, trying to figure out how this is going to go. So what do you think? I mean, as far as do you guys think this was a pretty strong first season, you think it's too far to go to say that this is the best first season of all time of, you know, whatever the 11 Star Trek shows that have been out now? I don't, I don't know if it, I mean, I'm not super interested in this question. Like, I mean, I really want to see where it goes. Star Trek I don't. I don't really judge them by their like their first season. Typically, I mean, I I remember Voyager wasn't like a bad first season. I really liked as far as Voyager goes. Yeah, season one was okay. Yeah, I'm was not decent. a big Voyager fan, but there there was interesting stuff in Voyager season one. They had the whole uh, you know can the Starfleet and Maquis crews come together thing, which really got left by the wayside pretty quickly mm-hmm. after that. But um, I I think this is definitely up there. It's very good. I, I think. Uh, DS9's first season is probably better for me overall. So. There's a lot of good episodes in the first season, uh, even though it wasn't, you know, they were, st- like you said, Jason, they're still, they're figuring out who the characters are in some cases. Some characters ended up being quite a bit different than they were in season one as, t- as time went on. But um, I was I was reading, just to interrupt super quick, I was reading, yeah. I saw a behind the scenes thing on Deep Space Nine and the the second floor of the promenade did not exist in season right. one because they didn't have the budget. Yeah, and I, you know, you'd never think about it, you know, looking back. But like, so once they got picked up for season two, they had some more budget money. We're going to expand these sets. We're going to add. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I mean, you just take for granted that that space station is huge and that yeah. there's all these people on it. But they didn't really have that. And I was like, oh. yeah, the show changes quite a bit as it yeah. goes. They don't have the defiant for starters. They've got the runabouts, but they're pretty limited. So yeah. uh, you know, stuff takes place on the station pretty much exclusively in the first season in particular because yeah again they didn't have a lot of money for they didn't couldn't go shoot on location they didn't have money for other sets like it's all pretty much set on this little in this bottle mm-hmm. but um they did some really interesting episodes with some some really good some really good again like morality play type stories there's hard hitting political do i mean it yeah. starts out with cisco's wife essentially getting killed because of right. picard's actions like right. that's a major deal yeah so i guess the just, second episode of the series is you know this this guy comes through the wormhole and he ends up being a refugee that's you know he's like a prisoner that's escaped from this other planet 
and they take a liking to him and then you know but the prime directive is they're not supposed to interfere this like the society that he's from comes looking for him like hey this guy's in jail like we're taking him hmm. and then do they give him asylum do they it's this whole anyway ds9 has a really solid first season so i i, I okay. wouldn't say this one's the best but it was really good i mean for a season one it's it's dang good yeah i think that was that was sort of the point that i was trying to get at was i mean if you look at these episodes you know as a whole or on average i think i don't think there's one episode that really like stands out as like a stinker like this was just a waste of my time if i had to watch this again no. i would skip this which i think is that is probably uncharacteristic for a first season like yeah. statistically speaking you know there should be one or two where you're like eh, if okay. they did 22 i bet they would have yeah, had probably. a few stinkers in there but for for yeah they put together 10 solid episodes for sure I get the sense that they tried really hard to appeal to, like, Star Trek fans in this one. They tried really hard to give fan service. Um, they know people like Pike. They know they, they got to hit these these marks on certain types of episodes. I And I appreciate that. I think they really... I mean, this is the third of the modern era Star Trek shows that they're, you know, they're trying to make another hit. They're trying to have one that, like, gets beyond... The, the kind of the crap that has been put out by them so far, you know? And so this, I, this is, yeah, this is kind of a reboot after, I mean, discovery was popular, mm-hmm. but, but there were a lot of people. I mean, I think the two of us have talked about this was yeah. that it didn't, it wasn't for me because it flipped so, too many of the, the, you know, established themes on its head. So th- it, it, this, it, I would say is kind of a reboot of that to get back to the roots of, you know, a more yeah. discovery <laughs> had been an original property. Sure. They didn't have the Star Trek name on it. It's right. just, you know, just call it Discovery and it's about, you know, I don't know, just make it. You, I mean, you could almost do like the Orville did where you're basically doing right. Star Trek, but you're not using the Star Trek different IP. Right. If they had done that with Discovery, I probably would have liked it more because I wouldn't have had I wouldn't have gone in looking sure. for Star Trek. Right, because you know. yeah, I tuned in. You, you tune in. You expect certain things. It's like right. watching a Star Wars movie. Like I want to see Jedi. I want to see lightsabers. I want to see spaceships. If you you know if you tune into a Star Wars movie, yeah. and you, you know you only get one out of the three. You, you're going to feel cheated, and that's kind of how I felt yeah. with Discovery. So, so I think they went the the full other direction with this series. You know, Picard is a whole other thing, but like, right. so they're really trying to get a hit um, uh, among Star Trek fans and I think for sure and they and they've established a really great crew they've established their behaviors in all of these typical Star Trek situations and I'm I'm really excited for the next season and like now that they ha- they know they have a good sh- hit I think that they can take some chances and do some crazier things and like kind of uh ex- be more creative I think hopefully so yeah I mean for some but, yeah. for some purposes you could almost kind of cut this was sort of a you know a test right is is can we because again star trek was essentially off the air for what did we say 10 years 12 years whatever and they came back with discovery it was entirely possible that discovery could have tanked the franchise like fans have tuned out they're no longer interested in this it's been too long yeah but then they decided you know i want to say try again and and clearly i think yeah enterprise went off the air in what 2006 or something like that something yeah Yeah. i mean it was a long time between the two so i mean if you you know if they're testing the audience with this and, and i think the reception was pretty good yeah ho- hopefully like you said they've got a little more freedom to you know play with some of those story elements and some of those characters as we move forward so it's it's like back to the standard star trek format you know right. you have a 
captain, you have a crew, they're exploring. I mean, Discovery wasn't that. Picard definitely wasn't that. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's a little basic as far as, like, you know, just kind of rehashing, it seems, a little bit for me. So it's not not my favorite. If I was going to, like, rate first seasons, I, I, I don't think I would put it higher than maybe other shows. Because I feel like it's doing, it's just trying to go back to basics. Um, so we'll I feel see like, where it goes. But. I feel like if you're doing, because, I mean, again, this Strange New Worlds is the 11th Star Trek. So, I mean, there's a blueprint, right? Yeah. You know, people don't tune into the 11th iteration of something looking for something new, right? right? You know, if I wanted, if well, I wanted a I, new... I, mean, I want something new, but I want, uh, you know, I want a new coat of paint on yes. the old chassis. Right. Like, here's the foundation. If you want to spin... You right. know, some of the elements, that's right. fine, but you can't rip out... Yeah, you know, DS9 was, okay, we're going to take Star Trek, yes. but we're going to put a little grime on it. We're going to take it out gonna, of space, and we're gonna do more, Yeah, and we're going to do not, more serialization right. with it. And Voyager was, we're going to take Star Trek, but we're going to, you know, take away the trappings of the Federation and put them in, you know, put them out by themselves. They're and an underdog gonna, instead yeah, of... Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, you know, I don't mind if they tweak it a little bit, but yeah, the, the, the underpinnings need to be, okay. you know, what they are. All right. Uh, so, I mean, those are, that's the only real questions I had. Are, are we, I, I think we were half discussing, are we really going to watch Star Trek five and, and, uh, figure out where Cyborg, oh my God. I think it would be fun to do just because if they do bring him back in season two, then we'll, he'll be fresh in our minds and we can, <laughs> I would, I would, I would be down for watching it and then just, uh, you so, know, I mean, after I watch Star Trek five, are you going to take my pain? Sure. So, so that I so don't we, have to live with it. So we we can all get together and we can, we can drink every time. Yeah, something ridiculous every, happens. Every time Cybox says, "Show me your pain," yeah. you drink. Oh my gosh! Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll mm. discuss that offline. But I think it would be interesting to do it just because I haven't seen that movie in yeah. twenty five years. Maybe. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen it. It's it's actually kind of short. I, I I just ripped the DVD and it's only. Yeah. 93 minutes I, I watched or it when it came out on DVD. Yeah. I think you and I actually watched it together. Probably. Because I think it was when we were living together way back when, when yeah. it came out on DVD. Right, right. And then we were like, oh my God, I forgot yeah. how bad this thing was. I mean, at some point, I mean, yeah, we could, you know, Mystery Science Theater 3000 yeah. or something just because it's has such a... I honestly remember almost nothing of that movie, so I think it would be curious to go back and, and maybe do that, so... That may be our next episode. Well, we got plenty of time until season two comes out of this. Yeah, so so. Yeah, have they, I don't think they've announced. I thought we looked it up date. last time we were, and they said August or something. I mean, it's, it's not anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, we've got several months, if if nothing else. So we'll have to figure out something to to fill the um, time. I'll tell you one thing for for season two. Uh, you know, yeah, I, ho- I hope I hope they do more with Una. Hopefully, this this whole park of her being imprisoned will be interesting. But uh, the biggest thing I'm really hoping for, and I'm, I mean, I'm kind of. This is kind of half joke, half not. I mean, I'm mostly serious about this. I, I really hope we see uh, more new worlds, strange or otherwise. Oh, interesting. Uh, you mean actually going out, go and, out expo- and explore yeah. some new worlds, man? Like, we haven't seen much of that. We had basically the one episode where they did that with... Um, we had the first contact episode in the pilot. Right. And then we have uh, the, you know, let suffering, you know, whatever. Right. Uh, that's about it. Those Every, are the everything two else is them like sub- doing supplies to a, yeah, a mining colony, or they're or... doing. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I want to see them out exploring. 
I mean, it's in the dang litany, right? It's, it's in, at the beginning it's, of every episode. It's, in, it's right there in the name. Go explore some new worlds and find yeah. some new civilizations, that's, dang it. That's what I'm hoping for. Okay. All right. I'll buy that. Jason? I'm not finding a release date, by the way. It's just 2023 okay. Yeah. Okay. as of right now. But what, what was the question? Sorry. What are you just, hoping for in season oh, two? What am, I, what am I looking forward to? Uh, more of um, Pike's pretty face and, and yeah. his charm and his... Well, I mean, that's uh, really the only reason we're all watching, I mean, right? I mean, that's... Everything else sure. is, is frosting on the cake, but that's... That's a good-looking man. Hey. <laughs> I like how that's the theme we take away from this. I mean, yeah. say what you will, he is extremely charismatic, and he's had some really good, you know, monologues or speeches, yeah. you know, he's... A, he's a great actor, and B, he's I think he's been handed some really good speeches that he gets to you know belt out and, and yeah he, I'm impressed. He can, and he can cook you a meal and do the dishes. That's true. He's really yeah. So he's the total package. I would I would I would definitely like to see I would like to see more Pike, maybe maybe less Spock, maybe a little less Uhura because I mean again we've seen those characters before. Like let's see what. Yeah, let's put. Actually, I would like to see more Ahura like yeah. come into her own and like. Yeah. I think that's what we're kind of going to see is her becoming. An they established they pretty person. well <clears throat> gave us that at the end of that last episode where we have the shot yeah. of her on the bridge, you know, in the the communications seat that she's decided to stick with Starfleet and she's kind of found her niche after doing her rotation with every department and she knows where she's going to go. So do you think we get, you know, do we get a Chekhov or a Scotty or a Sulu to come in? You know, do they like slowly fill in the original crew over the course of a couple seasons? Uh, God, I hope not, but yeah, I can see that. I mean, they've already, you know, dropped that little Scotty tease on us. So I wonder if they'll I'm, do that. I'm guessing, I wonder if they're not intending for Scotty to come on as yeah. the engineer. Cause I mean, I think that's, Oh, right. Cause Hemmer's dead. Yeah, obviously. And, right. he, and Scotty was supposed to have been on the enterprise for a while. So, hmm. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. Yeah. And, and, and I really, I don't care what the canon is just do what makes sense right. write it write it good right. whatever you need to do so you know if the canon is that Scotty started on the Enterprise on Stardate whatever I don't care don't, I don't I don't hold them to that um, yeah I mean if they if they end up bringing on some of the the original series characters that that's fine I, again I, I I'd rather they not but you know they they showed that they can do a good job of it with Spock, so I'm not against it. I just hope it doesn't become you know like they just build the entire crew and yeah. then it just becomes formulaic and you're like just backdoor into the original series. Yeah, right. I mean, again, there's so much more out there. Yeah. Like, let's explore some strange new worlds instead yeah. of like these existing characters that we've already established. Yeah. The one, so we'll the one, see. I definitely hope they don't again that they don't do more with is Kirk, but I, it feels like that's where they're headed. I think. So. I, yeah, I mean, he's such a established you know property he puts butts in seats i'm sure they're gonna do it but yeah i'm with you i I don't i don't need a whole lot more of that all right any other uh closing words uh season two is coming out sometime this year and we'll probably be back with a star trek five episode sometime before season two hits and i i just i'll just say you know yeah for for my closing thoughts on on this season i'm yeah i'm just excited that star trek as i know it is back Uh, i think they they set out to capture fans like us and i feel like they succeeded i mean i I think it resonated with a lot of fans i mean it was pretty well received on the internet so i mean they're doing something right yep i'm excited for more all right that's it general order one out goop